Welcome to Blockchain Recorded, the podcast for the tech curious, where we talk about anything and everything related to the exponentially evolving crypto blockchain and Web 3.0 space. Blockchain Recorded's mission is simple, to share knowledge and insight and help evolve education in blockchain fundamentals and decentralization solutions. We at Blockchain Recorded are not registered investment advisors and do not deal with financial or trading token elements, nor offer any licensed financial services. The content of this podcast is provided for informational and educational purposes only, while the opinions of all parties involved are their own. I'm your host, Nina Tserar. I have a finance background, having worked on Wall Street and the pharmaceutical industry. After living in five countries and having children, I left the corporate world. Today, I work as a freelance consultant and am fascinated by the innovative space of crypto and blockchain, different ways of thinking, and the people that are making that happen. So let's talk blockchain. Let me go right ahead and introduce our guests first with the fourth tech team. First, we have Dr. Tali Rijun, founder and head of the fourth tech initiative. Tali is also a lecturer at Controli Business School and a UNC fact expert. His expertise includes blockchain enterprise adoption, digital identity, electronic data, and document exchange, as well as blockchain technology in general. Welcome, Tali. Hello, hello everybody, hello. Next we have Denis Yazbets, fourth tech solution architect. Denis is a software engineer with over a decade of experience. He's a researcher and developer of blockchain and distributed ledger technology solutions. As the main solution architect for fourth tech, Denis single-handedly innovated the fourth tech solution for blockchain electronic data exchange. Welcome Denis. Hello everyone. Next, we have Anton Dubrina, fourth tech legal and legislation expert. Anton has over 15 years of experience in the field of both national and international pensions insurance law. He also has extensive experience and practical skills in media communication. He actively works on resolving European legislation issues concerning fourth tech solutions. Welcome, Anton. Welcome. Hello. Next, we have Anton's brother, Roman Dobrina. He's a fourth tech co-founder. Roman has 25 years of experience in the pharmaceutical and consumer health industries with a broad exposure to finance, sales, marketing, and general management. He's currently the CFO at PharmaHemp, one of the global leading companies in developing innovative hemp solutions based on CBD and other cannabinoids. At Fourth Tech, he's mainly responsible for corporate finance. Hi, Roman. Hello, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> And next we have Silvo Fortuna, Fourth Tech's Relations and Communications. Silvo has a history in media and the music industry. He's using his influence, crypto industry, knowledge, and passion for blockchain to advance promising projects to success. He supports the Fourth Tech team on many levels, especially with social media and administration. This is a Telegram channel. Hi, Silvo. Welcome. Hello, Nina. Thank you. And next we have our first special guest connecting from Zagreb, Croatia, Josip Maricevic from Tolar Hashnet. Josip is a co-founder and CTO of Tolar Hashnet, a scalable project that securely leverages distributed ledger technology and consensus algorithms. He's involved with blockchain research, related consensus algorithms, atomic cross-chain swaps, and off-chain settlement protocols. Yossi previously worked for a Shazam application that implemented song recognition technology to identify songs in the iPod library. Uh, Yossi, welcome. Uh, did I cover everything? Can you tell us more about yourself? 
Uh, hello, everyone. Well, Nina, I think you covered the most important parts. However, I would like to add that in the last several years, my focus has been almost exclusively on the blockchain. But from so I've been covering the practical fields from implementing the whole platform over the specific use cases up to some more theoretical parts, uh, like participating in some of the UNECE groups in developing standards for future blockchain users. Thank you. Great, Josip, thank you. And next, we should also have a special guest joining in on the call a little bit later, uh, connecting from the US. Uh, Tom, we will have Tom Ivey, Chief of Staff at Commonwealth Labs. He's the builder of Edgeware and director of Edgeware's agency. Tom Ivey is a former Michigan State Legislature candidate, philosopher of value theory from University of Michigan. He's also the founder of the human pheromone organization, Pharos, and the coordinator of Edgeware's community and current council member. He's the director of Edgeware's agency and executive organization of the community, which helps plan public funds and growth infrastructure for the chain. Uh, as said, well, Tom should join us in, uh, in, in a bit of a time. And lastly, I should probably introduce myself. Again, I'm Nina Tserar, and my work experience ranges from investment banking and corporate finance to various project management positions in the pharmaceutical group. Um, despite having a finance background, I'm actually mostly devoted to organizational consulting with a special interest in blockchain and the crypto industry. Uh, just as a side note, out of curiosity, during the ICO era in 2017-18, I conducted interviews for a crypto YouTube channel and uh, got introduced to the Fourth Tech team this way and supported them in their initial stages. So I'm pretty excited to talk about Fourth Tech's advancements today. Uh, let us actually, this, this is for our guests, and let's quickly review our agenda. Today's roundtable will cover six topics. We'll first talk about an introduction to Fourth Tech. Then we will cover Fourth Tech's 2.0. Third, we will talk about um, multi-blockchain support and advantages. And of course, blockchain enterprise adoption after that. We will speak about future development. And lastly, we will take some time for a Q&A session. So let us begin with an introduction to Fourth Tech. And before I give word to our guests, let me say a few words about Fourth Tech's background. Um, back in 2017, Fourth Tech proposed and developed a distributed ledger solution, uh, technology solution, which leverages trust provided by the blockchain to bring secure, immutable, instant cross-border electronic data and document exchange. This solution is technically referred to as 4DX. After 4DX, the team developed 4ID, which is a digital identity mechanism that can verify the connection between a blockchain wallet and a person using the X509 EU certificate standard. Uh, this is the standard in public key certificates, which we will later touch upon. Last but not least, Fortech's third ecosystem component is called 4NS. 4NS is a notarization service that provides a unique digital document timestamp and authenticity verification. So in short, Fourth Tech is solving electronic data and document exchange by providing a safe, fast, and affordable online alternative to existing centralized document exchange systems. 
let's move on to our guest. Tali, can you please take us further and give us practical examples to better understand what Fourth Tech is all about and provides? Thank you, Nina, uh, and hello to all the viewers. So let's simplify by telling that Fortech enables end users and enterprises to exchange electronic data from wallet A to wallet B based on the blockchain of their choice. Currently, we are, we are supporting Ethereum, Polkadot, Substrate, Edgeware, and Hashnet. Furthermore, Fortech supports document and data notarization by utilizing the file checksum and enables blockchain digital identity by mapping the X509 digital identity certificate with blockchain wallet address. So let's put it uh, into perspective using an example. Now anybody can send valuable, confidential, electronic data in the form of pharmaceutical receptors, blueprints, personal sensitive documents, contracts, payslips, bills of lending, confidential data zip packages, security certificates, diplomatic mail, and more from wallet A to wallet B, peer-to-peer, -peer, at any time, cross-border, without the risk that the data could be intercepted. Furthermore, 4NS serves as an authorization function that enables the timestamp and data checksum verification, so the authenticity of the received data is clear. Our digital identity solution, in short for ID, enables users such as administrators from the public and private sector, notaries, enterprises, organizations to use Fortech data exchange between verified and identified users. While our multi-blockchain support enables them low transaction prices and transaction speed choice. So this, this is a little bit technical, but we will uh, talk about use cases more uh, in the further uh, discussion. Great, Tali, thanks. Uh, this actually takes us to Fourth Tech's uh, 2.0, um, our next topic, and which was a major update that went live just this month on April 9th. Um, Fourth Tech 2.0 brings impressive new functionalities packed in a modern min minimalistic design. Uh, I should, uh, let me go ahead and actually summarize some of the main updates. Um, first, the Fourth Tech wallet extension has been rewritten and now supports Google Chrome and Mozilla browsers. The second, the web platform code base has been rewritten in Vue 3.0 and the interface com is completely redesigned with a minimalistic modern design and new features. Um, also, additional Polkadot Edgeware protocol support was added for the users to choose from when executing electronic data and document exchange with document notarization. Um, Denis, as a father of the code, can you explain this breakthrough and the tech behind it? Uh, we talked before about the clever logic behind the 2.0 platform to add additional support and so on. Can you comment on that further? Uh, so first, uh, we needed to add support for Firefox browsers. And the second thing was that we changed uh, some functionalities. So from now on, our browser extension is used just for storing private keys, uh, signing of blockchain transactions, and decrypting received files. Um, the platform was completely rewritten with Vue3 and TypeScript. Uh, TypeScript allows us to write much more robust code, which prevents uh, having some unwanted bugs. Um, also, we created code architecture that is written in a much more abstract way, and this allows us to easily add support for more blockchains. Great. Um, 
also building a one-of-a-kind wallet that handles not only tokens, but also electronic data exchange must have been a challenge. Can you take us through this development and um, also tell us how you solve this multi-blockchain support? Um, of course, uh, for multi-blockchain support, we needed to prepare uh, smart contracts for each target blockchain. Also, we had to add uh, account support to the wallet. Uh, and at the end, we had to put all interactions with the target blockchain into the code. Uh, thanks, Denis. Josip, um, I'd actually like to get your input. Um, can you comment on Fourth Tech's idea of multi-blockchain support or also multi-blockchain support with respect to applications in general? Uh, yes, uh, this is definitely the step in the right direction. A lot of projects uh, limit themselves by working only on one blockchain, thus severely limiting its audience. This is equally as valid as for enterprise and for uh, regular consumers. However, even if all those users were willing to switch to one single blockchain, uh, like Ethereum, for example, we've seen time and time again this that the protocol itself probably just couldn't handle it. So expanding your possibility is always a step in the right direction. And since most of the four pillar blockchain related code is developed in Solidity, porting uh, existing solutions to other networks that support TVM, for example, like uh, HashNet, has been much less time consuming for Dennis, I assume, and uh, uh, other developers working with him. Great, thanks, Josip. Um, also, another subject uh, that I'd like to clarify is the solution to blockchain digital identity. Uh, Anton, you've managed to use the existing X509 digital identity EU standard. Can you briefly tell us what it is and address it in relation to 4ID? Uh, hello again. Uh, well, uh, X509 is a very, very, very known st standard defining the format of public key certific certificates. Uh, these uh, X509 certificates are used in many internet protocols, including in TLS, SSLL, which is the basis for HTTPS, the secure protocol for browsing the web. Uh, they're also used in offline applications, for example, uh, in electro electronic signatures. But if we go further in connections with 4ID, this uh, standard provides wallet addresses verification of an individual or organization by creating a link between this an X509 user's online identity and blockchain wallet address. With this, uh, this, uh, this is capability then of connecting the this X50 standard digital certificate with blockchain wallet address, uh, as we mentioned from Ethereum, Hashnet, or Substrate, and then also providing the digital identity for 4DX and for 4Ns. The digital identity mechanism ensures integrity and traceability in a decentralized ecosystem. This actually takes us to the topic of multi-blockchain advantages and support. Um, with the multi-chain deployment, ForthTech provides uh, several options to choose from. So from the perspective of interoperability or transaction costs or speed, uh, Tali, can you elaborate further? Yes, um, I think that compatibility with different blockchains is extremely important. Uh, every blockchain offers unique uh, 
adoption solutions and scenarios uh, aimed at specific users or use cases. More importantly, we don't know which blockchain protocol will be dominant in the future. So blockchain applications should support uh, various blockchain networks. To cover most use cases, uh, we are currently supporting three blockchain protocols. So uh, of course, Ethereum is the most used blockchain both by end users uh, or enterprise. Hashnet is one of the most advanced and fastest blockchain protocols uh, and uh, Polkadot Substrate Edgeware. I don't know if the audience is aware, but Polkadot is currently one of the most advanced regarding interoperability, uh, which opens a um, whole new chapter of possibilities for adoption and uh, development. Uh, so Fortech users now have the option to select which blockchain network to use, which blo blockchain uh, suits their needs the most. Uh, there are many requirements when adopting blockchain technology, especially in, in enterprise uh, speed transaction price, uh, interoperability with existing IT systems and more. So with, um, with uh, adoption uh, of multi-blockchain, we, we hope that we uh, are solving this, um, this issue. Yeah, before we actually get to more speed and transaction price, um, Denis, what were the biggest challenges to achieve uh, the multi-blockchain support? Um, when you work with the new technology, you, you often need to read a lot of documentation. Sometimes you need to learn a new programming language to accomplish work. And sometimes you're faced with problems that are not directly related to coding. Um, great, thanks, Denis. Um, I'd like to move the torch again to Josip. Uh, Josip, maybe we can start with a couple of clarifications regarding Hashnet as an enterprise blockchain infrastructure. And uh, also, how did you manage to achieve such incredible transaction speeds? Okay, let me first answer the last part of that question. Uh, since this is not a strictly developers conference, I won't go too deep into implementation details. There are two important concepts that help us achieve the speed and throughput, of course. First one is uh, reduced redundancy gossip, uh, which uh, manages to exchange uh, the data between uh, all the nodes in the network while using 24% less network traffic compared to traditional push or push-pull uh, gossip protocols. The second uh, most important concept is uh, something we call virtual voting meaning that the masternodes don't need to wait for actual votes from all the other masternodes, but can actually calculate how would other nodes vote in case we were running some of the traditional Byzantine fault tolerance algorithms. So since you don't need to actually wait, you, the network latency is uh, mostly the choke point, let's say. So by implementing that, we achieved up to 50,000 transactions per second and time to finality as low as three to seven seconds, making uh, the hashnet ideal for enterprise adoption where throughput and uh, latency is of utmost importance. Can we also try to paint hashnet and fourth tech in a use case for end users uh, or an enterprise so the viewers can understand better what the possibilities and advantages are? Mm -hmm. Uh, yes, we had a perfect example. I think it was a year and a half when uh, Dennis uh, first went to try out 4DX on the Hashnet network. 
So uh, first important part was that uh, smart contracts could be reused with minimal changes. Uh, second uh, was massively lower fees if uh, the service was being used on public chain. For example, sending a simple document on Ethereum would cost around $6, and that was when the gas fees were like at their normal levels. As somebody already mentioned, when the gas fees, gas price on Ethereum started going crazy, it would mean that you would have to pay 12 or maybe even $20 you know, for sending a simple document. Well, at the same time, uh, doing the same operation, invoking the same methods on that contract on the Toller network, uh, you would pay around two cents in uh, gas fees. And last but most important, sending uh, aforementioned documents securely on uh, Ethereum would take a few minutes until everything was mined and confirmed. While on Toller, you would get it in a matter of seconds. And I would say that this is a pretty important point, no matter if you're in enterprise or an end user. Nobody's going to use a solution that has a speed like you were sending it with a normal post service. You know? I don't know if Slovenian post service is faster than the Croatian, but... Uh, yeah. Sure. Just Thanks. to add here, uh, with um, to, uh, to the transaction price, Josip uh, made a very good point. Uh, maybe just one use case in September two, uh, 2020, one, um, one transaction on Ethereum, uh, sending uh, for around 20 megabytes of, of uh, digital data from wallet A to wallet B, costed um, uh, around $120 if used on, on Ethereum network. So we, we have a example of the price but now uh, with uh, multi-blockchain support you can uh, exchange the same data package the same size uh, for uh, let's say a quarter of a cent uh, if if using uh, let's say um, edgeware at this moment thank you that's pretty impressive um i see is tom ivy connecting with us Tom, are you with us? Hey, yeah, I am. Thanks for the patience. Uh, oh, trying hi, to make Tom. Out here. <laughs> Great. Actually, uh, we'd like to loop you in. Uh, since we're talking about blockchain networks, can you take us through a short description of Edgeware? Yeah, absolutely. So Edgeware, third generation, uh, smart contract platform on Substrate. Substrate being the WordPress for blockchains platform from Parity Technologies. First and oldest Substrate main chain, and likely one of the first to connect to either Polkadot network or potentially Kusama in the future. Um, we specialize in on-chain governance and community building with the uh, with the intention that if you want to do on-chain governance correctly, you need to avoid plutocracy. That means having a very long tail of users who are empowered to participate in governance via their vote, their organization, um, and their policy making. So we invented the lock drop to distribute the edge token uh, about two years ago now, almost. Um, and that was successful. We have this huge long tail of users and we are one of the most widely kind of distributed tokens in the substrate space because Binance participated on behalf of their ETH holders and are still holding onto those tokens, but will likely distribute them at some point. Right. I, I actually hear you're quite surprised when Fourth Tech announced its support of Edgeware. Um, can you take us through some of the major benefits of Edgeware network for uh, end users? Yeah, I mean, the big one is just like developer accessibility. We are a Rust-based network, so 
you can write in anything that compiles to Rust, which then is you know built into Wasm. We have forkless upgrades, so less downtime. Uh, three, you've got lower fees, partly because of just le lesser use compared to Ethereum, but also more efficient deployment of contracts. Instead of deploying the same contract over and over, you can simply instantiate uh, something that's already deployed to the network. And then also you've got an immense active user base. So if you want to launch a dApp and you need to do an airdrop of tokens to an initial kind of governance community, our people are set and ready to go. Great. So despite the affordable transaction price, what are what are the other benefits for users when or would you think when when using fourth tech to exchange documents and and data using Edgeware's protocol? Mm. Yeah, I think the, the biggest advantage that fourth tech will see in the near future is through the connections of the relay chain. Um, so for those of you who don't know about Polkadot, like fully, basically, it's the UN, uh, this kind of like diplomatic organization of, of of nations to use the metaphor and edgeware is just one country in that once connected fourth tech will be able to route and participate in the whole ecosystem of, of polka dot chains that's amazing um we'll actually get into more of that later it actually brings us to the topic of enterprise adoption um let's continue by mentioning that blockchain has been recognized by now obviously and also in in the mainstream enterprise sector uh, just to give you a statistic, uh, PwC estimates that blockchain technology has the potential to boost glo global GDP by $1.76 trillion over the next decade and hit the mainstream by 2030. Um, so when adopting blockchain in the enterprise sector, there are more open questions than answers. Um, I'd like to pass the torch on, uh, torch on to Anton who's the team expert in terms of legislation. Anton, can you please talk about the legislation challenges surrounding this space? Uh, well, as you mentioned, this uh, blockchain technology is already widely used or is implemented by also by many, let's say, big players like Nestle, Merck, Samsung, Toyota, Google, etc. Of course, uh, it's with every new technology, there are new challenges, especially also on the field of the legislation. Of course, we are developing for tech in European Union. And uh, for us, it's very important that we adopt our solutions according to the European uh, law, because uh, in some fields, it's very strict. It's very, it's, it's, uh, especially in, in personal data protection. And of course, because it's a new technology, also some uh, European legis uh, legislation, it's not completely adopted yet or harmonized with, uh, with the blockchain technology. But what is the good point? Because uh, all the most of the lawmakers and uh, regulatory institutions in Europe, they're trying to to explain uh, uh, existing legislations that that can blockchain uh, for block blockchain can be implemented, so they're not finding the way how to stop it, but how to how could to implement it. Uh, two the two most uh, important regulation in these fields are regulation uh, IDAS and GDPR. The most important is maybe GDPR. Uh, which uh, what will I will explain later? What is this? But in general, the challenges are uh, in the in, in the Europe. Uh, 
Europe must clearly define what the blockchain and smart contracts are under the law of the European in the European level in order to have a shared definition for all the member states and all the states because otherwise it's too much confusion. Uh, of course, also the legislation must be adopted, changed, although that it's now used in the way that we can use the blockchain, but because of the development of the technology, this regulation must be changed uh, with the, the new definitions, which are also, uh, in, which includes also the blockchain. And of course, uh, more, more user cases in the, in the, on the level of the European Union. Maybe I should here also emphasize that the mission of the European Union is that it, it wants to be the leading power in the field of the blockchain technology. I think this this will, it's a very hard task, but this is the, the, the aim officially. In the future, we'll also be put a lot, a lot of money into the develop uh, into this technology. So of course, if we connect this all together, also the legislation will have to be amended and adopted to new challenges. Of course, uh, you briefly mentioned uh, GDPR. Can you can you talk about GDPR a little bit more? Uh, yes, we can. Uh, maybe for our listeners, because uh, they are not for <laughs> all from Europe. Because if you say to somebody GDPR, everybody knows. Oh, it's data protection connected to internet with all the best websites. Uh, GDPR it means the General Data Protection Regulations. This uh, regulation, this is a legal framework that sets guidelines for the collection, of collection and processing of personal information from individuals who are live in the European Union. This is GDPR, and of course, whatever is uh, developed in technology and also in the other fields must be according to this GDPR uh, legislation. What is what are here the main issues and so-called conflicts uh, with the blockchain. Uh, the first is that the GDPR requires an identifiable controller against whom data subjects can enforce the, their legal rights under EU data protection law. And the second is that GDPR requires that data can be modified or erased where necessary to comply with legal requirements. Of course, uh, for example, if we, if we talk about the second requirement of erasing of the data, we know that blockchain technology is developed like that things cannot be modified or, or erased. But of course, there, there, is a, there are always solutions. And for example, the, the Fortech protocol does not store any personal data on the blockchain. But the, the data is stored off-chain. The protocol records, records links to encrypted files and hashes of, of the encrypted content on the blockchain. The hashing of the exchange data enables the GDPR compliance for examples. So if uh, there were a, a request to delete some electronic data or document, the network controller would be able to delete this required data from off-chain storage. So for example, this is solution which works for now to, to comply with European legislation in the field of general data protection. Wow, thanks. Uh, thanks, Anton. Um, what, are, what would you say are the adoption possibilities, or, or in other words, how can the enterprise sector use fourth tech today? Tali, if I can shoot yes. the question to you. So, um the first step for any uh, enterprise would be to determine uh, where your use case lies. So where the implementation of blockchain uh, in your organization makes any sense. 
do we choose public or private blockchain? What is the transaction cost? Uh, and so on. So this, uh, these are the main questions. Um, so if your use case is digital data exchange accompanied with blockchain digital identity, then we have the answers. So uh, for tech supports, public and private blockchain adoption and offers a protocol choice uh, that directly reflects on the transaction cost. We have constructed two adoption models. So the first adoption model is based on the network transactions using public blockchain uh, permissionless, permissionless blockchains. In the most, it's the most suitable for users that have the necessity for uh, traceability of executed transactions. And the second adoption model is subscription based, where according to the chosen monthly subscription plan, the users will be charge a periodic fee for electronic data and document exchange transaction. So this is usually based on the private uh, permissionless uh, permissioned, uh, blockchains and is most suitable for regulated users from private and public sector um, and other civic, civic society. So both models are viable as users are coming from two completely different groups. Uh, so the trade-off is between fixed cost private chains with no open transaction traceability and public chains with um, somehow volatile and in most cases higher priced but publicly publicly traceable transactions so the the, the choice is the choice is uh, uh, is yours at the end yeah great um Basically, I mean, the easiest way to understand how blockchain can be adopted is uh, in the enterprise sector is with the help of use cases, right? So, um, Roman, uh, Roman has worked for, has worked in pharma for over 20 years and is uh, currently the CFO of, of an innovative and expanding CBD company where so-called recipes are important assets. Uh, Roman, are you, how are you planning to adopt blockchain in your organization? So in the pharmaceutical and consumer healthcare industry, we're dealing with the confidential data, as you mentioned, and documentation exchange starting from the formulations in research and development, all the way to the intellectual property rights, uh, which is a bit a legal case, uh, and finally to the product launch of the markets. So. Currently, companies are using uh, for documentation exchange intranet, special intranet portals, special internal communication softwares. And in some cases, as we know, uh, even simple document exchange through the email. So what uh, we believe here, Fortech is really solving electronic data and document exchange by providing a safe, fast, an affordable online alternative to existing centralized document exchange systems. In the cases of the pharmaceutical industry, this means really safe and fast exchange of the product information files, clinical studies, safety assessments, stability studies, certificates of analysis, uh, and registration documentation. When identification of receiver is needed, then even for ID, digital identity mechanism will be deployed. And this is uh, in our industry very, very important. So on the end, we can really say Fortech in general is a perfect match for this industry. Yeah, it's actually great to hear that. Um, 
that it's also apl applicable in your industry. Um, Yossip, can you add your view on blockchain enterprise adoption? And can you maybe share a case from your point of view? Well, the potential to create new value and unlock existing value flows makes blockchain one of the most revolutionary technologies available today. But in its current state, blockchain is, from enterprise perspective, uh, still kind of young and evolving. According to Harvard and Gartner research, one of the initial challenges for uh, blockchain adoption may be the fact that technology is so specialized and complex that it belongs in the domain of technology specialists. End users might struggle to see how it is relevant to their business function and thus see very little incentive to move from position of observation to one of experimentation. But uh, even, uh, even taking that into account, as we've been seeing in the last few years, the adoption is growing. So um, I think uh, somebody before mentioned the PricewaterhouseCoopers study uh, with current uh, enterprise spendings and estimates uh, for the next few years, which are uh, going into tens of billions of dollars. Uh, and one interesting use case uh, is here, I, I just uh, remembered the one we've applied for a recent EU tender is uh, digital content protection and tracking. First, uh, by using several watermarking algorithms that are even resistant to some smaller changes, uh, several hashes for digital content are being calculated. And then the creator can assign the ownership of that content to his public keys. Later, through different, different services could track how that content, for example, picture or something like that, has been shared on the internet uh, show warnings if in case it was modified uh, and so on. So uh, I think that's kind of uh, interesting, uh, one of the interesting use cases that comes to top of my mind now. Cool, Th uh, thank you. Um, Tom, can we loop you in? Um, maybe you can elaborate from your end in terms of enterprise adoption. What are your thoughts? So at Edgeware, the one thing that we think about a lot is, is, is the little guys, small business and medium-sized businesses who may be wanting to launch, uh, connect with other services or other businesses. So for us, blockchain allows a couple of different things. It lowers the firm costs required to launch businesses and also opens up new doors for access to revenue, funding streams. So we can have better and more competitive markets for uh, you know equity raises or grants or Kickstarter-like mechanisms. So I think for me, that's like the, the biggest thing is how do we really grow the pie economically? And I think blockchain does that by opening up new, new revenue flows. Cool, or, thank or you. Or rather funding, yeah. Yeah. Um, this kind of uh, takes us to our next topic, which is future plans. Um, so just to... Just to quickly mention again, uh, well, there have been three years of project development behind Fortech's team, uh, but I still have to ask, what are your plans for the future? Um, maybe we can start from the CTO's perspective, uh, Denis, if you can tell us what you think the plans are for the, fu for the future. Um, to fully enable, to enable enterprise adoption and to connect to existing enterprise backend systems, a high-end blockchain-enabled assess point is needed. Um, assess point will serve as a connection point between 
existing enterprise IT infrastructure and blockchain network. So it will act as an enterprise blockchain gateway and wallet, a connection point and a bridge between both worlds. And uh, Tali, regarding adoption in general, do you have anything to add? Yes, so now that the tech is at production level, uh, the adoption can begin. We built a data exchange solution that any, anyone can use now. With multi-blockchain support, we are providing users with low transaction fees uh, also on public chains. So anybody that needs to exchange digital data can do it securely over the encrypted decentralized system. It is a basic solution, but it is a one that is greatly needed. Sure. Uh, Josip, maybe you can add here, what are the future plans for HashNet? Uh, we've pretty much solidified the platform technology and uh, since networks based on HashNet technology have been up and running now for more than a year without any single glitch. And here we're talking both about uh, the taller public network and some of the private networks uh, that have been set up. We have high throughput, low latency and possibility to execute smart contracts. So uh, at this point, uh, we plan to move our focus now from the upgrading of the platform itself to the platform adoption. There are, for example, for developer side, there are already some basic uh, JavaScript and Java frameworks, but we look to improve it and expand it to more languages to make developers' life easier. Also for our end users, we plan to develop mobile wallets. Web wallets for Chrome uh, are already in review, which will once again help both the developers that are developing distributed applications and users that interact with them. So basically, we'll try to remove all barriers to adoption and make it uh, easier for both consumers and enterprises to start using Dollar HashNet. Great. Um and also to our uh, second special guest, Tom, how will, how do you think will Edgeware's future plans impact applications such as ForthTech in this example? What can we expect? I think speaking back to the use case question, what we can expect is that a lot of the new projects that are building on Edgeware will have the need to send files specifically for their creator economy. We're working with a team called Zine and they're going to be uh, launching probably in the next next month or so. And their project facilitates users to bid for and then buy the instructions to create art. And so we need them to be encrypted and like securely stored off chain. So we're already working and developing partnerships that can leverage Fortex platform. Great, Since, uh, you, you joined us a little bit later. Is there maybe anything else you, you'd like to, to tell us or to add that maybe uh, we haven't covered yet or asked you? <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the one thing that I hope users look forward to for Fortech as well as Edgeware is that the multi-chain kind of ecosystem shift is happening. We're seeing Binance chain alongside Binance chain and more niche and kind of specific, specific chain purposes, like for derivatives, you have uh, really high, high throughput needs and compute needs. So teams are starting to launch multiple chains under one brand. So in the future, something we can work with Fortech on is maybe chains that are specified for certain uses and certain maybe GDPR requirements or something. So, so the future is highly kind of modular and open in that sense. Great, thank you, thank you. Um, well, thanks everyone for, for a great discussion. Uh, we actually covered our five topics in, in the agenda. 
Uh, great. So I think this brings us to the end of our roundtable. Uh, thank you to all the speakers. Special thanks to Tom and Josip for taking the time. Uh, and thank you to the community for being with us and contributing valuable questions. Uh, we invite everyone to read more about the project on 4th Tech's website. And for further questions or any questions we weren't able to answer today, um, please feel free to go to 4th Tech's Telegram channel. And uh, let me just mention that this event's video will be available soon on the 4th Tech YouTube channel. Feel free to like, subscribe. Uh, we're actually planning for another roundtable sequel in the fall, so stay tuned and keep calm in the crypto world. Um, at this point, I just wish everyone a nice evening or day, where, depending where you are. And thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks all.